Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Oh, thank you. Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Amaya Noel Higginson. Noel, an award-winning teaching artist and global performer, serves as co-founder and artistic director at the acclaimed music and arts institution in Harlem, the Mama Foundation for the Arts, home of the longest Black off-Broadway theater musical in the history of American theater. Mama, I Want to Sing, under the direction of Noel, its biggest star, just completed a triumphant three-week run. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say Amaya Noel Higginson is what's hot. Hello there. How are you today? Hi, Uncle G. Keith. I love it. I'm so happy to be here. We finally got this done. That's incredible. I'm so happy. Yes, uh, I am so happy as well. And uh, you guys put on such a wonderful three-week performance. It was incredible to see Mama I Want to Sing in this new, this, this new version of it. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. What I'd like to do is, as I ask all of my guests, let's take the Wayback Machine and let's go back and tell us what it was like growing up as Little Noel. Uh, what was it like growing up as Little Noel? I think it was a very um, inspiring and creative uh, experience. Um, I was around excellence. And I think as a child, you never, nobody ever knows what kind of family you're going to be born into. Um, and when God places you in that area, and it's just like, I, I was just extremely blessed to be born to Vi Higginson and Ken Wydro. <laughs> I don't know, even know what to say. Um, it was magical. It was magical because they are two visionaries and not often do you, um, not often do visionaries come along. Um, and a, a visionary is somebody who creates something that has never been done before. Um, and that was like, not only was it a, a, a tall order, but it was just, it, there was never a dull moment. <laughs> there was always, you look left, there was something going on, you look right, and there was something to be involved in and be inspired by. So it's, I just call it a, 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 an extreme blessing. Well, from the age of, uh, what, uh, three, four, five years old, you were backstage at all these different performances, and, and you, you, as a little kid, you got a chance to, to visit uh, Japan and all these various places. Tell us what that was like. It, it, it was, it felt right. I just can't help but to think that God always knows what he's doing. Um, it was, there was never a moment where it felt wrong. Um, it just felt like the natural thing to do. We were traveling, we were um, experiencing the music was around me from the day I was born. So I was like, oh, this is normal. This is what, you know, life is supposed to be. And um, I was just surrounded by music. And even when we were traveling the different cultures, 
were so incredible, Japan specifically. I mean, uh, we've gone there twice a year since 1988. Um, and I actually have family in Japan. I now have extreme friends in Japan. And, you know, seeing the, the, the world felt like um, a blessing. Did you know, though, at that time that you were going to become a performer? I had no idea. I had no idea. We were just going and moving and ebbing and flowing. Um, my parents knew um, that at, at a certain age that my nursery school teacher told my parents that I used to sing myself to sleep in the crib <laughs> at nap time. Um, <laughs> um, but I just thought it was something so normal because it was it was always around me. And then I ended up saying to my mom, 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 I want to sing. So that's, <laughs> you actually uh, did. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's what? that's not always a natural progression. You mm -hmm. know, not not every child does what their parents do mm -hmm. or not every child always wants to do what their parents do. Um but I, I start, you know, I started singing early and then continued to do it because I was inspired by my environment and I, it, it felt right. Okay, so you got a chance to see uh, a, a lot of performers uh, play the role of your aunt, Doris Troy, uh, and, we'll, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, I mean, you know, there were people like Shaka Khan and, and, and uh, some of the other uh, uh, singers who actually performed that role. Uh, is there anybody that you sort of uh, admired and emulated or tried to, you know, when, when you were first starting out? I mean, now you got your own, you know, you, you, your own style and everything. And, uh, but was anyone that you sort of looked up to and wanted to sing like when you first started out? I was inspired by the entire environment, um, probably most inspired by how a black business was being run and the mm -hmm. operations and the hard work. I was really intrigued by, by that um, and the community and the family coming together to make this force happen. Um, but along the way, we got to work with some incredible people. Um, like Shirley, Caesar. like Shirley Caesar, um, Shirley Caesar um, was a mother's mother. Um, and when we were around her, she, you know, she would, uh, what would come out of her mouth is like, uh, did you do your homework? Uh, are you getting good grades? Are you, are you staying in school like that? She was like, you know, an influencer in that way. And, and you know, what was interesting, the environment taught me, um, that other than your parents' voice and your mother's voice, mm -hmm. you know, when you heard somebody else saying, oh, this is, these are the things that you need to do in life, it kind of lands differently. And I think uh, her, her voice in the, in the picture was really inspiring to me to say, you know, this is, this is all good and well, but you, number one, have to keep God in your life. And number two, God likes it when you work and do the right thing. Um, so Shirley Caesar definitely inspired me. Well, uh, name some of the other people that um, that performed in that role of Doris Troy before you got there. Performed in the role of Doris Troy. Well, Doris Troy was seeing her her life played out on stage in Mama Wanna Sing. Um, was written about her life, so. Mm -hmm. Um, the character that was written about her, the young girl, 
um, the lead role was played by people like Desiree Coleman Jackson and Deatra Hicks in um, the first Doris Winter was Tisha Campbell and Mama I want to sing um, Ramona Keller, Stacey Francis, Charlene Nelson, uh, so many, <laughs> so many beautiful voices that came through um, the history of Mama I Wanna Sing and provided a platform for musical artists to be seen and heard in a way that had never been done before, where they felt that they can have permission, um, heightened permission to go out and do their thing and, and be seen and be heard and have a, have a breakthrough um, in their own right, in their own careers. Um, so Mama I Wanna Sing was tremendous force for many people and many many celebrities who who won't even say how much the show inspired them but have the the work has seeped through the lines of greatness in so many different ways around the world so you you know uh you've got this five octave voice uh how the heck i mean when you get when you hit that okay when you go to the third octave then the fourth octave and then people are kind of kind of sitting there can she get to the fifth and then you go oh, you go right up to the to the fifth uh octave uh cheese and crackers was that a gift or you had you learned that i don't know i i just say it's just it's god it's that god designs the picture god designs the, the environment and i it's so important um that's why I do what I do now. We created a school for young people to be surrounded by uh, a specific environment, right? Mm -hmm. The concept is, are you a product of your environment? When, where you, where you grow up, how you were raised, what was around you, what's in your ear, most importantly. And with music, it's all about what we're hearing. <laughs> um, and so, you know, if you have the the right music around you and and created, you know, the environment, then then that's what you become. Um, so the, your question to your question, I was around it and I was lucky to be around it. Um, but it's not only to be around it. I, I just attribute the rest to God being able to give me the ability to do because <laughs> not everybody has the ability. You can hear it and be around it but um can you can you pull it out of you um and i don't even know how to describe that and that's i guess that's just truly god so so then my next question would be then uh you were trained uh as a performer uh and uh, you went to let's see you went to uh name the the the, the two schools that you went to for uh, musical training? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of um, private musical training after my parents, after I told my parents that I wanted to do this. They, from an early age, they put me in a lot of private lessons. Um, but uh, I ended up going to professional children's school and then, mm -hmm. um, which was a school for young people that work in the business. And there was a, you know, a lot of young age movie stars and um, dancers and, you know, anything that was like a professional. Um, then I left to uh, Professional Performing Arts School, which is a sister school to LaGuardia High School in New York. And that's 
uh, called PPAS uh, for mm-hmm. short. And then I graduated from there from high school. Then I went to Manhattan School of Music. And then uh, then I continued. God said, you know, just, just go back out on tour. I went to Manhattan School of Music um, and I studied jazz vocal because my Aunt Doris inspired me. She sung a lot of jazz and she had this kind of special intonation. Um, um, and then I, and I left because we were Mama Foundation and the Mama I Want to Sing Theater Company uh, had a lot of successful shows that were going out on the road. And um, I just went out on the road. And that was like after high school. And we traveled more <laughs> shows everywhere. Well, you know, I've uh, I, I've known you since before you were born. And I've watched you develop and 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 become the the lady that you are now, and the, the and the talent. Uh, and uh, I've been amazed uh, watching your 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 growth and development. But I'm still trying to get to when was it? When was it that you discovered that you could hit that that fifth octave? Was it? While you were in training, was it on the road one day? I mean, it, it, did it surprise you that you could get to that? No. Uh, I, I think my, my par- like I said, my parents created this environment that it was just like, oh, this is normal. This is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> so I just. <laughs> but, every, but everybody can't hit that, that fifth octave. I know that's just a, such a strange concept that I always like. Um, it just came out. It just came out one day. I guess I tried it. Um, but they also had me, you know, t- training with some vocal teachers when they mm-hmm. discovered that I could do that. And um, I was always singing at all points. And so I guess I don't actually remember the point where I hit that note. I just one day I said, I can play the lead role. And then I did it. <laughs> I think wow. that's what I remember. <clears throat> well, do, do you miss, uh, you know, after this three week run and you've had a chance to direct uh, uh, and, and everything, do you miss the actual being the performer? Um, no. Um, and, you know, it's so funny. Um, people are say to me, you're so, you're still so young. You're still so young. Um, I started early and it's, I, I started early and sometimes, you know, when you do something for a long time, you want to try something new and you want to try something fresh. Um, I'm not, I'm not essentially tired of it. I just, I think we can move in a new direction. Um, because I have been doing it for a long time. Um, and singing is always going to be there. Directing is just an, e- it's like a really easy transition because I think um, that's what my parents did. And I realize now I was singing because of my environment, but what I realize now is I, I really did do want to do what my parents did. They were producers and they were directors and I was watching them all of those details intrigue me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a director, you have to see the world in detail. Those those tiny, fine things that make, that put the cherry on top of the picture. Um, and I find myself at this phase in my life, which is crazy because I'm still young, m- really much more intrigued by 
directing and creative directing and finding that picture. So um, it was a very easy transition because not because uh, I knew the show and I seen so many uh, iterations of mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. around the world. Um, it was like it was so fun for me to the thought of like, oh, I could I could direct this and just have an incredible platform, which was like even more like a fantasy. I was like, is this even happening, God? Like, here's this platform. You're able to direct one of the most famous shows in the world. And I, I'm looking around like, am I, can I pinch myself? <laughs> is it my dream? <laughs> no, like, I, I, it's just, it's nuts. And the next thing I know, you know, I had my first feature in the New York Times. With that, my was, uh, that was like three weeks ago? For weeks directing. Ago? And... Yeah the article was focused on me and I, it just, it just blew my mind. I was like, well, when you're having fun, I guess that's <laughs> what, that's what happens. And I, 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 I get that concept. You know, it, it takes a long time for people to understand that concept because they're doing something because they feel like they have to survive. But when you're really doing what you love, then the blessings come unannounced and unexpected. And I think that's what, we should be really living for. You are um, certainly. I'm. I'm. I'm listening to you, and I'm looking at you, and 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 and. Uh, you know, I I know your your dad and your mom very well. Your your mom uh, and I we helped start uh, WBLS, uh, and we were the. Uh, uh, I would say the founding DJs. Uh, at WBLS, and we helped. Period. period. That's right, and and we helped to launch uh, FM radio. Prior to WBLS, people were listening to AM. We launched FM. But I say all that to say that um, I'm so proud of your 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 family uh, and what they've been doing, and how you have gotten involved in changing the lives of some of these students that that come to you uh and you know they come from households that perhaps are you know not as satisfactory as they should be uh, and or they're in environments uh in neighborhoods and things where there's trouble and danger but you guys take them on and 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 develop them and teach them tell us what that's like uh, the Mama Foundation is uh, it's an outgrowth of Mama I Want to Sing. Um, Mama Foundation is a, a full uh, 501c3, 25-year-old nonprofit that provides arts education to the community, um, all ages, at no cost. Um, because Mama I Want to Sing touched so many lives and the years of hard work and uh, breaking down doors and breaking barriers for black and brown people, um, we took that knowledge. There's, there's no way that you cannot gain a wealth of knowledge working that hard. And we, we put it into this music school. Um, and now it, it you, you know, I, I just, I just love God how He works. We've been training these young people, and after I got out of college, um, and I, I actually did extra training in New York too. Um, 
I never knew that I would be become an arts educator, an, a teaching artist, they call now, because I, I still practice my artistry while I teach and, and pour into young people. Um, we, we ended up creating a space where Black curriculums could be accepted musically, full Black music curriculums, which really don't exist unless somebody creates it on their own because it's not allowed in the public school system. It's not allowed in the SUNY or CUNY or college. You know, um, you will have African-American studies. You'll have other, you know, courses like that. But just music, you know, um, it's rare. Very, it's rare, still rare. And so that's what we wanted to celebrate, but we wanted to continue the history in that way. And I think that's what my mother um, that's why we created the MoMA Foundation. Um, and we put out an ad and young people started coming. And we created this training program where young people can pass on the music of our history um, and our African-American music. And it's an enrichment program. And that's been going now for since 2006. And so um, I that was another phase of my life and it's still here that... I, I'm now an arts educator, um, and I, that was probably the biggest portion of how I made my my income, and also running running the Mom Foundation as a nonprofit as the artistic director. So, which also allowed me to practice my craft because I could sing with my students. We can travel and <laughs> do fun things, um, and led me to creating Sing Harlem. And after years of you know, um, we were acknowledged by 60 Minutes. Um, the program was super successful where hundreds of young people were just sitting on the edge of their seat wanting to this training. Um, the students wanted more. So uh, they said, well, can, can we go out and start to sing? And we started to do um, gigs. And what that did was the model for the model for the nonprofit, it provided an, uh, an income so that the nonprofit could stay alive. And that was... Um, that was the most incredible thing. And then we, we figured out that, that, that the, the young people could have opportunities in that way, invaluable opportunities on stage and off stage. Um, and we created Sing Harlem. And that's really kind of like my baby. I put a lot of work into that. And we, uh, we work seven, I work seven days a week. Um, and Sing Harlem travels everywhere. Sing Harlem is the commercial version. And we took the best of the best out of our students who really wanted to do it for a career. And um, we started working professionally and people started wanting choir services. Um, and we now, Sing Harlem is booked out a year in advance. They've, I've, I've worked everywhere from the Grammy Awards with SZA who wanted the choir multiple times. Um, she invited us to her very first um, premiere on Saturday Night Live where I had my first experience on the set of Saturday Night Live. It gave me a lot of my own first, you know, it was kind of like a backdoor experience of God just letting me see all these things. And then uh, to the Grammy Awards after we did Saturday Night Live with her, she loved the choir so much. We went, uh, that was my first time ever on a Grammy Award stage. We sung behind <laughs> her. Um, and, um, you know, but most importantly, the, the opportunities for young people to have this. And we just took all of what we worked for and just started to give back. Um, and now I just love my community. I'm a Harlem girl, born and raised. And, you know, we have community partners like Red Rooster. 
And that, you know, a portion of our program is is to provide a platform, a consistent platform where our young people can practice. And so all of our alumni and Sing Harlem sing at Red Rooster, and they've been there for 12 years, and they, they rotate in terms of gaining opportunity to sing in front of live audiences, which is invaluable. So that, that gospel brunch has become famous around the world, and every Sunday you can go and see a performance of the Mama Foundation and Sing Harlem Choir. Yes, and, and it's amazing. It, it, it's wonderful to be there at the Red Rooster and down go downstairs to Jenny's, and uh, it's uh, you guys put on quite a show, and 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 the tourists love it and everything. But hey, you know, tell us about the experience at America's Got Talent. Yeah, well, Sing Harlem, um, uh, you know, wanted more. <laughs> they wanted more. I mean, even after being with Chance the Rapper, Ariana Grande, you name it, I just go down the list. Madonna, um, they were like, let's create more of our own entity instead of singing behind people. Uh, let's solidify our um, our hard work for ourselves. And so. Let's let's hop on America's Got Talent, and we were supposed to go before the pandemic. Actually, we had a plane ticket. <laughs> we had a plane ticket to go. We had practiced for months, um, mm-hmm. and our bags were packed. And we and the next day, the president shut down the nation for COVID, um, and the kids were devastated. But then we had a chance to go back after all of that subsided so and we went in last summer and all of the judges said yes to sing harlem choir <laughs> uh, uh yeah that was super cool simon cowell how heidi klum howie mandel and sophia vergara so all right you know and and you had all of uh harlem and 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 and, and folks all around the country and and, and everything rooting for you uh mm-hmm. We represent it, period. That's right. You guys represent it. Uh, and uh, so what was that like? I mean, being on, on stage there, knowing that you got millions of people tuning in to watch and all those people in the audience and everything. What was that like? It was mind-blowing. <laughs> being on America's Got Talent was was uh, super heightened and elevated production um you know the preparing the the drilling the rehearsals beforehand who's coming in who's coming out um covid was kind of still in play when for those you know high-end productions they have a lot of restrictions and things and boundaries you got to go through and all of that but other other than that it was it was pretty magical you didn't i mean is there's a lot of unexpected so you go on the stage and um you know there was a moment in our performance where simon cowell stopped us and asked us for another song um yes i oh that that (laughs) tore my uh, heart there yeah i was like um and that was they always ask you to come prepared with something else like any normal audition right if you go on a broadway audition you know um it's it's a routine for a performer to bring their what they call their book and in their book, you should have options just in case the producer wants to see something different. And that was the case in this in this case. So um, we were obviously obviously prepared to do something else just in case. Um, but we didn't know if he was going to ask that or not. So 
he did. And then we did something different and they liked it. And they all said, yes. (laughs) So, so what is the next step after that? When, when, when they all say yes, what, what is the, the normal next step? Politics. Hmm. Step is politics. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, with a big show like that, you go through the ringer, like judges, producers, there's hundreds of people making decisions and you don't know who's going to lawyers and, uh, you know, they, when you get off the stage, they sweep you away and, you know, they say they, they, you got to sign these papers and it's a whole lot of politics. Um, really? Wow. See, yeah. we, we, we don't know that. We, we just see, you know, uh, our favorite performers or, or people that we don't like and, and then the show's <laughs> over, you know, and, and that's it. But you guys have to go through all of that, huh? Mm. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, you know, you... It's really good. We, we were seen by six million people, um, and you know the video is still going around. And after it did what it was supposed to do, you know we came back to Harlem. We couldn't walk down the street without people stopping <laughs> us, and that was, you know, that means you made an impact. That you're really doing the core of the work that you set out to do. That we set out to do was really just impact people through music and make sure our history is preserved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, incredible. So, you know, I've spoken to your mom several times about the the work that you, you know, the impact that you have on our community and, and those communities surrounding uh, Harlem. Uh, tell me, you know, because I've often said that you, you guys don't just change the lives of your students, but you change the lives of their family, their family dynamics as well. Uh, and suddenly now you've got uh, uh, the rest of the family now interested in this the the child who who has come to your performance. Now the whole dynamic changes, and and they're you know tell tell us some stories about how you've changed uh, the lives of some of these young people and their families. Um, you know, some of the there's some parents bring their students into our training program at the Mama Foundation. Um, the young people, sometimes they don't know what they have in, inside of them. Um, and, you know, you, sometimes as a child, you hate that moment where your parent forces you to <laughs> come into something you may not be sure of. But I think we see more of that uh, coming into our program, the transformation process, especially I mean, I think that is the most um, rewarding when that person decides to change their minds and say, oh, this is something I was already born with. Because every human has the ability to sing. And a lot of people don't understand that or, or won't understand that. But well, that well, concept, I don't know if I can sing. I mean, I, well, I, I don't know, you know. The concept is if you work at anything, you can do it. And nothing be, no, there's no substitute for hard work, right? So, um, and you as a voiceover master um, can sing because <laughs> you see the concept is when we're born and you're coming out of your mother's stomach, um, what is the first thing that we do? Cry. We cry. And, and crying is actually singing. And so when, when people hit that concept and especially a young person, it's like a light bulb moment. And it's like, when you speak, right, you're speaking 
when any human speaks, we speak on what we what it's called a sound wave. You're speaking on a wave of sound, and that that wave of sound has an intonation, and that is equivalent to a tone, right? What we call a tone, and that a, a tone can be equivalent to a note on the piano. And that, that tone, so t- whether you're speaking or you think you're singing, when mm-hmm. we speak, we're, we're actually singing when we speak, right? Really? Because you have different intonations, especially when you decide to do your voiceovers. You may um, intonate your voice a little deeper or a little higher or a little, and that is equivalent to a pitch on the piano. So what we explain to our young people is that you have the ability to do it. God gave that to you already. It's about what you decide you want to do. You can say yes or no to the ability that you already have. You might as well activate it because it's there, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, really? And that's how we encourage young people to activate the things that they don't know about themselves. Thank you for teaching us that because now I feel a little bit better. I might go when I take my shower tomorrow or tonight that uh, I'll try to uh, hit a couple of notes. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I better let folks know since we, we haven't been taking any breaks because I, I want to talk to you uh, that, we li- that uh, we're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And our guest today is the talented and lovely Amaya Noel Higginson, whose mom is the famous Vi Higginson. And her dad is Ken Widrow, producer, co-writer of... Mama, I want to sing. And uh, so I just wanted to fill you guys in to let you know that uh, you're listening to uh, What's Hot. So um, it is, you know, there's some kids who perhaps are troubled kids. And they've come into your school as well. And they've turned their lives around and uh, done some wonderful things, gone on to do some great performances uh, as well. And it is uh, really wonderful what you guys do and and the sacrifices that you make in order to uh, make these kids uh, realize their talents and, uh, and, and forget about some of their troubles and even turn their lives around. How many kids... Can you accept in your school at, at one time? Uh, Mama Foundation takes about 50 at max. We can take 75 uh, young people a semester for our music and performance training programs. Absolutely free. Um, we're sure free to the entire community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and by, by audition, um, as, as long as they feel like they can hold a note, we can, you know, take care of the rest. Um, And they, you know, there has to be a certain willing spirit um, enough that we can work with. And then we take them in and we transform them. Um, And it's, it's pretty magical because it's, it's more than just music. It's um, mentorship. Ah, Uh, yes. It's mentorship. It's life skills and um, uh, 85 87 actually 87 percent of our young people go off to higher education the rest go to careers in the arts right away um and if they stay around long enough and they they put enough time into their training then we are able to offer them 
uh, full rides to different colleges that we have relationships with, like Berkeley, really? Berkeley College of Music and, you know, Purchase, SUNY Purchase and all, uh, places that the foundation has made relationships with. Oh, that, that's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Now, you just brought up colleges. So I know you, you, you also travel every week to go in and teach at which uh, college? SUNY Purchase, um, Conservatory of Music, and then uh, Dartmouth, Dartmouth College, Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. Um, we have expanded over these 25 years that we take our curriculums into the field, not just to the colleges, but we, the local schools and public schools. Um, we we're we're there. We're there. Just recently, Dartmouth, because um, that 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 was incredible. One of the uh, longtime gospel directors had stepped down after COVID, and they were looking for somebody to replace him after 25 years. And um, Dartmouth College Gospel Choir has been a tradition since the 1970s, and mm. um, you know they they wanted to make sure that that was still thriving after we had gone through a global pandemic and they were searching and found us in Harlem. And then I went up and started to direct the Dartmouth College Gospel Choir. <laughs> so, so you yeah. do that weekly? You do that we weekly? do that, do that weekly. Um, and it's been such a joy that we can, you know, branch out in different kinds of ways. And the Mama Foundation has, you know, made its, its, its stamp on the world in many ways. So we were able to do that. And, uh, we keep on kicking. <laughs> well, okay. So now we've just had this beautiful three-week run directed by you. How has Mama I Want to Sing morphed or, 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 or evolved? Or what did you see as director that this particular run had that the others didn't have, that you starred in, by the way? <laughs> What, I, what I've seen and to continue to believe in and the reason why I continue to do the work that I do with my family is that the, um, the piece is timeless and, and can transcend any ageism or any, you know, every single person on this planet can relate to the outline of the story, which we were just talking about a moment ago. Um, mm -hmm. We, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, a social worker, uh, you know, somewhere inside of us, there's a dream to do something. And um, that's what this show is, is really about. And I, I'm, I'm really here to maintain the history of it. And um, I think it's so valuable. Well, I can certainly relate to the, 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 the storyline because... Uh, when I was a young man in Chicago, uh, I wanted to go to the Marines. I wanted to be a Marine, and my mother didn't want me to go. And I had sort of made up my mind that this is what I wanted to be. And so I can remember the day that I was getting ready to uh, to leave, to take all. I had already signed up and everything. My mother, she didn't like the, the fact. And she didn't, the, the day I was getting ready to leave, she ran out of the house. I was getting ready to get into the car and she was crying. And she said, don't go, don't go. Give me four more years. And, and, and so it tore her heart that I eventually went on to, to, to do what I wanted to do. 
And so when looking at Mom, I Want to Sing, I, I, I can relate to, to Doris uh, wanting to go and, and be the, the performer and, the, and, and, and her mother not wanting her to go. And uh, it's just a, an amazing story. And I think, you know, it should be on the road now uh, so that people all over the, the, the country and all over the world can, can see it. What are the plans now that, you know, we want to go on the road. We want to, if there's somebody, I mean, the show was sold completely sold out. Uh, and you can see, I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, we knew this, but stands the test of time it has touched so many lives and people are coming back to bring their children's children and their family and their cousins their aunties and uh that is absolutely the biggest reward um right now we don't have anything planned except for the public to come on and each one reach one tell somebody that um, the show deserves to go on tour again. And I would love to take it on a, a full road tour. And um, let's see how we can work that. I want, I'm man, trying to manifest, putting that into the universe. So, Well, I stand with you on that along with, I guess, uh, hundreds and hundreds of other people as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I once, and probably you don't remember this, but uh, I once stood up in the, uh, the booth where your mother uh, uh, is the, well, f- for, for people who've never seen the show, it's a, a, a show about a young woman who wants to go sing. And then in, in, in presenting the show on stage, there's a radio booth and your mother is the DJ in that booth. And uh, years ago, uh, I was one of the people that replaced your mom in that booth uh, for a couple of shows, uh, along with Diana King and, and, and a few other people. But uh, that show really is something to see. And from the first, from the opening act, uh, it brought tears to my eyes. And by the time the show was over, the corner of my eyes were very sore from my having to wipe the tears uh, consistently. Uh, tell us, you know, there, 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 there was a young man in the show named Elijah. And, uh, you know, I love Elijah. You guys performed together for many years. Elijah has gone on to do Broadway and uh, name some of the, the, the productions he's been in. Um, he's been in Motown and um, Ain't Too Proud. Ain't Too Proud, all because he, star- he started out at Mama, I Want to Sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but now there's another young man, Carlton, who plays the minister of music. Uh, how does he differ from Elijah? They're just different. I mean, you know, um, it, the environment is always so inspiring. So we it, it allows us. Uh, and that's why we're able to create a, our own learning environment with the Mama Foundation, because it allows us to learn from each other. And I think we really took that concept by the reins um, because the, the being the on what we call today, the on the job training or the being in the environment, there's nothing more valuable than being right in the center of all the action. And that's where you can 
that's your best college. That's your best teacher. Um, and that's what Mama Wanna did for a lot of other people. We, each one inspired one. The one that came before inspired the one that came next. And so that's, um, you know, we were able to show Carlton a lot of videos that was not Elijah. Um, but also Carlton was in the next generation next generation version iteration of the show that was in japan in 2013 and elijah was the minister of music so carlton was able to see elijah in that role mm-hmm. um along the way and then i was i took him into some coaching before the show and then he was he killed it he killed he his killed role <laughs> he made a decision and he just said i'm gonna do this and he did it he did. He he brought uh, comedy to the role, and uh, you know made it funny, and uh, uh, it, it was it was just really really wonderful. See, and then Richard Hartley, who plays uh, the uh, the pastor, who is actually playing the role of your great grandfather. No, of your grandfather. My grandfather. Your your grandfather. Yes. Okay. Playing the role of your grandfather. Uh, Richard was on the show. Uh, two weeks ago, but Richard, when he was singing and the choir was singing and, and we're all, you know, the audience, we're all happy and so forth. And then all of a sudden Richard keels over, you know, and it, and, and the audience, there's a big gasp from the audience because we didn't expect at that moment for the pastor to, to keel over and, and, and die. It, it was just really, really. So do you have any regrets? Any regrets about anything? Not a one. Not a one. God knows what he's doing. That is my line, and I, I trust him. Um, uh, I say it over and over again, even at times where I feel like I've fallen down or fallen short. Um, not a one regret. <laughs> We're learning either way, and I think that's the blessing. Um Everybody did so well on this Mama Wanna Sing production. And um, I'm blessed to have people like you in our lives that are right there and you're cheering us on. And I'm so grateful for you and you being in our family and uh, the voice that was, that, that was always there. And when I turned my head, you are our, our biggest supporter. So thank you. Yeah, you're, you're quite welcome. It's been, you know, I've... Uh, Gee, uh, I've I've seen your mom evolve and 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 uh, you know de- develop and become this wonderful producer and 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 mama vi, uh, and we're still able to to do what we enjoy doing and and it's just so wonderful. You have grown up to be such a lady and and, and such a talent, and uh, your your parents have really poured love into you and given you an opportunity to to do what you want to do. And that's a, a beautiful thing. We're winding down now. We probably have about a minute or so left. And uh, is there anything you'd like to say to the young audience, uh, people who may want to contact uh, the Mama Foundation, uh, may want to you know, see if they could become a student there? Yeah, mamafoundation.org. Um, so many wonderful things happening to be involved in that your young people can be a part of. And the music continues. It just continues. I just, I just 
love what I do and, you know, come join Mama. Come join Mama. I want to sing. We're right here in the Harlem community, and we serve the five boroughs and the outer boroughs in New York and the outer states. People from Jersey come in and Connecticut as well that, to take advantage of our programming and um, our shows. And so mamafoundation.org. <laughs> hey, give a shout out to the champions as well. Champions, uh, Mama Foundation champions. Yes. The champ. Yes. yes. All of our champions. Hey, champions to the board of directors, to um, Auntie Joyce Higginson Davis, which <laughs> is Mama Vi's sister, my auntie, um, and everybody who supports the Mama Foundation. We love you and thank you for tuning in to uh, my Uncle G. Keith, Harlem America, baby, <laughs> period. Harlem America. I love it. Well, thank you so very, very much. So uh, this has been wonderful. I'm glad that you were able to make the time because I know how busy you are and you've got to travel to Dartmouth and you've got a meeting going on uh, right now that you've got to get to. But thank you so very, very much, niece. And thank I you. you. I love you too. And uh, give your mom and dad a kiss when you get back to the office. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And don't judge your brother or sister too harshly until you walked a mile in his or her shoes. And remember, life is tough, but you're tougher. And I'll see you next Friday. This is What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Bye. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.